And what really hit me was that unit was on my lot three times in mm. the last three weeks, meaning I could have sold that. I could have had Carlos Toms in that vehicle a long time ago. But I didn't have the time to continuously, because I had a dealer, we had 200 units. Yep. I, don't, I don't have time to pair 200 cars every single day to try <laughs> to get them done. So that's when I was like, if only I had a system that would do it for me. Welcome to the Strategy with Jason podcast. Tune in for everything you need to know to stay in the know regarding the automotive industry. Here's your host, Jason Harris. Hey, 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 what's going on, Podcast Nation? This is Jason Harris here, and thank you for joining me on another episode of Strategy with Jason. Today, we are at the Used Car Week here in Canada, Toronto, Canada, to be exact, and I have the one, the only, the oh-so-famous Mr. Ted Land with me. Ted, what's up, man? How you doing? Thank you so much for having me. I <laughs> really appreciate it. Ted's with Ether Automotive Intelligence, and we're going to jam about some non-prime stuff, which was one of my favorite topics, so we're going to do that. But before we get into that topic... I love kicking off our podcast with a little origin story, A, because I'm always fascinated to find out how people just kind of get into automotive, because nobody just wakes up one day and goes, I want to sell hmm, cars. I want to sell cars. So, so Ted, what's the, what's the origin story of how you got started in the automotive industry? I honestly have just, I've just always loved selling things. <laughs> and um, I love, you know, one of the things I really love is the fast reward. You know, you put on, you can make someone feel good about an experience and the transaction happens and you get compensated nicely for it. And I just got really addicted to that. Yeah, it's, I, nice. it's weird because I've never really been a car person. Like for me, heated seats and cup holders, only features I really needed. <laughs> but what I really enjoyed are the people. The people that you deal with on a day-to-day -day and you're actually helping them find a solution to their problems and it's it's really addicting that way well, you know what? i'm with you actually because it's one of the things that drew me to the industry as well was just becoming this kind of like solution engineer where it was like someone would come to me with a problem and i'm like okay lay it on me yeah right and i'm like i'm just going to document this problem and i'm going to engineer my way to a solution and then you're going to love it you're going to buy a car from me and you're going to send 15 of your friends and family over to me to do the exact same thing but no i'm with you it's the exact same reason so look we got a chance to talk uh before we started recording today a little bit about non-prime <laughs> subject i love talking about me too right and it's such a relevant topic right now because i just don't think people are really identifying what the industry is going through um look we have inventory shortages on the new side all right, we have, well, inventory shortages, I guess, on both sides of yeah. it. But we have, you know, exponentially inflated used car prices. All right. We have subvented rates and programs that have almost disappeared. All right. Because the manufacturers don't need to put them out there because they don't have the inventory to push in the first place. Right. right. We were talking about earlier. Like, I recently saw a subvented rate that was 7%. Insane. That's crazy. Right. And I remember when I was selling cars, and I'm sure you as well, <laughs> unless the rate was 0%, they're like, oh, it's not. It's not a sale. What do you mean it's 0.99? Yeah, I'll wait. I'll and wait. now 7.24. <laughs> that's normal. It's normal. But not only that, though, and that's one side of it, right? Because I think dealers don't necessarily have, or most dealers don't necessarily have a strong non-prime strategy. Because I think when they think of non-prime, they're thinking of people that are only going to make six payments. All right, you're going to book them out at 35% interest rate. You're going to slap a GPS system on them, and you're going to have to go repo the car. But that's what they think, but that's not non-prime. There's, there's non-prime, and there's non-prime, and there's non-prime. Um, <laughs> there's somewhere in between there. But I think so many more people are going to be at this top level, especially coming out now of buying used cars or overinflated prices. You know, they're going to be upside down, 10, 20 grand. Like, how do we do that? So let's go into a little bit of what you guys' tech does, because I think it's actually really cool. How do you help out dealers on the non-prime side? So right now, I think a lot of focus, uh, a lot of dealerships want to get more leads and they want to get more people approved. But I find that 
that silly because in reality, what we need to do is get people on the road. Um, and if we can't get people on the road, I can guarantee if you walk into any non-prime manager's office right now, you can find four or five files on there that they're waiting for to find the right car, but the negative equity is too high. And that customer actually has, that customer's suffering. They have to wait three, four, five weeks or months before they can find the car. So what our software does, it, replace, it removes all that. You know, my 18 years in the business, I was able to, I've done non-prime, and I think I've done it well, and we've programmed it into a system where you plug in your payment call, you plug in your interest rate, and then you plug in your trade amount, and that's it, boom. It will search, it will search your dealer's inventory to see which vehicle will work for you and the lender, number one. And then number two, when you click it, it will actually help you maximize build your deal. That's awesome. But we do it with ethics, meaning if okay. you don't have, if you have a trade-in, then we're going to put gap. If you don't have a trade-in, then we're going to put warranty. Something that's actually going to help you with your with your uh, with your purchase, and something that you're actually going to use. I've been on the non-prime side, and as a customer, being told no or you have to take this, it's it's just I, I hate it. And yep. my whole thing is, I think it's time for people to choose again, and I want customers to feel like they're they're valued. Just because well, they're bad credit doesn't mean they're bad people. A hundred percent. I like that, actually. That, is, that, that should just be the tagline right there. Just because you have bad credit, you're not a bad person, right? But no, I actually had a staff member recently go through this, and I actually have a copy of an email from a dealership saying that they got an offer approved, and it's only good for six hours. If they don't come down and sign on the dotted line right now, it's going to go away. And that's the type, like, that's, and that's exactly, that's why the industry is, that's why dealerships are losing. Right. That's why dealerships are losing. It's that, those tactics. And you know what's sad is because I find like there's not enough education mm -hmm. to the finance managers and people that actually know that actually know credit. If you go into 10 offices and I can bet you any money, you'll see a chart of a credit rate chart that they'll draw out and each one will have a different number. Yep. Some, somebody will start subprime at 700. Somebody will start subprime at 600 credit score. And I'm just like, where is that? And that's, you know, our software. You got to normalize the data first. Yeah. You got to normalize it. hundred yeah. percent. And our software, it doesn't, it, our software can, has everything programmed, but it also has a university where you can actually go online and check it out and read about credit and actually <laughs> educate yourself. And that's what we want to do. Well, it is an education, right? Because I, you know, the one thing I love about the finance side of our business is it's still a little bit of an art form. All right. Absolutely. Like computers haven't completely replaced it. You know, like as an F&I manager, I need to know how I'm going to present this information to the bank. What's going to, what vehicle am I going to present attached to this customer that's going to give me the highest probability that it's going to get bought, right? And I may present to one bank differently than I may present to another because I know I'm going to get a slightly different answer, but I'm going to get the information I need to make an adjustment to the next time I do it to the next bank, right? Like, you got to get so creative. Like, you got to get creative, but it sounds like this tool kind of helps me eliminate some of that. I'm not going to say eliminate that, but just makes it smarter, all right? My approach is not going to be so blinded. I'm stepping up to the plate. I'm reaching back. And I feel like I have a good idea that it's either going to be a curveball or a hard or a fastball coming down the line so I can actually connect with that. And that you're empowering FNI managers with that information. That's absolutely awesome. We're empowering that and we're giving customer more choice because if that dealership does not have oh, a vehicle, there we go. if they don't have that vehicle in stock, we search the group. And then if not, we have a consignment portal of 3,000 units. So when we search, there's always going to be a higher chance that there will be a, a vehicle that will work for that client. And when it works for that client, we can turn the screen over and show the client, and the client has choices. Mm. Our software chooses to always have three. 
And that's the one thing I remember. When I went in and I was like, hey, I want to rebuild my credit. They're like, cool, you get this car. Yeah, like, hey, Ted, remember that Honda Civic you really, really want right outside? I'm like, yeah, yeah. Okay, right beside that one is the Pontiac Grand Am. I'm like, yes. And right behind that one, that's your Mercury. That's the, the Mercury, yes. <laughs> I'm old. <laughs> I was going to say your Hyundai Pony. Um, <laughs> but, but no, so, okay, so, look, it... Let's talk about process real quick, sure. because I think on the F&I side, there's just kind of a lack of process because we're never consistent in the way that we actually present uh, the information to a bank. So, you know, what would you say are some of the best practices you're seeing? Because you work with a lot of non-prime departments. Yep. What are some of the best practices you're seeing right now? One of the best practices I, in terms of what I do like is uh, the bank quantify, they changed a lot of the system of how to get people approved. Mm -hmm. and. Um, one of the things I do really, really enjoy is that you can actually have a pre-approval done with a soft credit check, as we talked about before, not dam and actually educating the customer. That's something that I really like. Um, in Education. Terms, yeah. That's, that's my biggest thing. But Quantify, one of the lenders that do like to work with as well, they're the first ones to change the game. They change the game by not looking at what you make, but how you handle your bills. So they don't look at your income. Mm, there you go. They only look at, they, they pull you up and they go, okay, in the last 12 months, Ted hasn't worked. But somehow, no non-sufficient funds. This guy's eating. This guy's making his bill payments, so let's give him a car. And I think that's kind of changing. Versus today's process, I really dislike. Because you're walking into the dealership. And it's all based on credit score. And the customer's like, okay, hey, um, you know, you have, you missed your payment here, you missed your payment here, you missed your payment here. And you just feel, you make that customer feel so bad. Uh -huh. And I feel like with our software, if it's done properly, we would probably be the first and only software that you, if with a non-prime customer, you can buy online and not have to go through any of that. That's cool. That's very cool. So let's talk a little bit about the, the shopping experience because I, I love the way you built your tech because it obviously it sounds like from an experience for yourself, right? So there must have been this aha moment. Actually, let's start there. I want to know what was the aha moment for you. When I was outside, I was pairing up <laughs> deals and I'll never forget, his name is Carlos Toms. And this guy has $23,000 negative equity. And I, when, I was sitting at, when I was sitting and doing the, the department that, that month, Every day I'd try one car and I'd send it into the bank and the bank would say, absolutely not, are you crazy? Mm -hmm. So after 26, 27 days, I'm just sitting outside and I'm a little stressed out because I really want to help this guy, but he's been busy. And I was like, okay, I'm going to try this unit. And then I tried it and it worked. And what really hit me was that unit was on my lot three times in the mm. last three weeks, meaning I could have sold that. I could have had Carlos Toms in that vehicle a long time ago. But I didn't have the time to continuously, because I had a dealer, we had 200 units. Yep. I, don't, I don't have time to pair 200 cars every single day to try <laughs> to get them done. So that's when I was like, if only I had a system that would do it for me. And That's when you're like, all right, let's do this. Yeah. Dude, that's awesome, man. I absolutely love that. Hey, for um, uh, my last question, because I know we're running out of time real quick. Um, you've been in the business for a while. Obviously, you got a major passion for the industry and for finance. All right, for people out there that are thinking about getting into the business and not sure about getting into the business, what advice would you give them? I'd say do it, but do it with <laughs> ethics. Do it. Um, do it for. Do it for the right reason. Yes. I mean, the money's going to be there no matter what, and I, that's. I find that when you don't aim for the money, the money comes. And if you're going to join the business, do it with 100%. Be be proud of it, because I think. For me, I accelerated fast and early because I was proud when someone asked me what I did for a living is I told people I sold cars, even as a GSM, GM, mm -hmm. everything. I sell cars for a living. 
And that's the only tip. If you're going to join the car business, you have to be able to look at someone in the eye and be proud to say, I'm in the auto business and I sell cars. That's awesome, man. It's awesome. Hey, for everybody out there watching and listening right now who would love to connect with you, learn a little bit about more about your company or even follow along with your journey, what's the best way to do so? www.aitherx.com. Awesome. Hey, man, thanks so much for taking the time. Thank you so it's much. It's been a lot of fun. I really appreciate it. I'm a huge fan. <laughs> Seriously, huge, huge fan. I watch every single one. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Strategy with Jason podcast with your host, Jason Harris. Don't want to miss new content? Be sure to check out the full podcast library at strategywithjason.com to stay in the know. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe. Happy podcasting.